Welcome to the On My Own Podcast. I'm your host, Sasha Ash. Each week, you can follow me on my journey to become independent and hear amazing interviews with experts on health, productivity, and entrepreneurship. I'm 18 and am passionate about wellness and living a fulfilling life. I'm so excited to bring you along as I struggle, thrive, and learn from experiences I have when I'm on my own. Hey guys, and welcome back to the On My Own podcast. Today I have Hannah with me from Holistically Hannah, and I'm really excited to be talking to her all about hormones and women's health, intuitive eating, because I know a lot of you guys struggle with this. So let's get right started. Um, can you introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, everyone. My name is Hannah, and I am a registered holistic nutritionist living over in on the Centering Coast in Canada. And I really focus on women's health and natural hormone balance. And I really am, I started this whole journey through my own hormone balance imbalances. And it really began when I was in my teenage years and I was dealing with learning how to eat and really struggling with that and dealing with sort of disordered eating and over-exercising. And that's when I really went through a time where I lost my cycle altogether. And so I kind of got onto this hormone balancing journey through my own experience. And now I'm just so passionate about helping other women connect their bodies and develop a more loving relationship with their cycle and food and exercise and all of those things that is so common to struggle with in this day and age. Yeah, it really is. And actually, when I was younger, I used to think like, because my mom's a personal trainer, so I never understood that like normal people struggled with things. I I like would be on the subway and think like, oh, they probably don't work out. Like I'm probably like my mom and I are probably the only ones who like work out and eat healthy and stuff because she had clients who had no idea how to do those things but once I got into like the health and wellness uh, sphere of Instagram I realized that so many people struggle with like the opposite problem where they're too controlling and it causes them to get out of balance um but what I really love about your account is I think that some people can take kind of a dogmatic approach and say like you have to cut out all healthy foods now and you just have to eat like really dense processed foods in order to get your cycle back. But I love how you focus on nourishing your body with whole foods and not just that, but also like nourishing yourself from other things beyond just food. Um, So if someone did lose their cycle or is struggling with irregular periods, what would be the first few steps that you might suggest? Yeah, so I think it's really about finding that root of why your period is missing in the first place or why it's irregular. And so I kind of like to think about it as that our period is one of our really vital signs of health. And so when it goes missing, it often means that our body is under some sort of stress in some way, whether that is emotional stress from overworking ourselves or toxic relationships or physical stress from overexercising or under eating or digestive issues that are causing us to be depleted in really important nutrients. And so it's really about 
learning how to make our body feel safe enough to reproduce again. Because when our cycle is shut down, it means that our body is in a place where it doesn't want to have a baby because it's under whatever these stressors are. So for me, and especially what I see in my practice, it's really learning to get really, get really honest with ourselves about our relationship with food and our relationship with move and movement because within this society and in today's diet culture and all of these things, I think a lot of women have been conditioned to think that working out for an hour and a half every day, five days a week is normal and eating these really calorie restrictive diets is normal when in fact it's not. And unfortunately, these kind of disordered eating and disordered movement patterns have been deemed normal by our media and all of that. And so it's really coming back to ourselves because I truly believe that every person deep inside, we know if if we might be doing things that are not honoring our body, but so often we just kind of do them anyways because that's what we're being told to do and there's a lot of pressure to look a certain way. So I think it's just getting honest with yourself and asking yourself and maybe that means pulling out your journal and doing some writing and really, really diving into what is my relationship with food like and what is my relationship with exercise like. Yeah, I think that's a really important step, especially because um, as you said, a lot of it's normalized. So you might think that you're like eating a ton of food when in reality you're not. I see that a lot on like TikToks and social media. People will say, oh, I ate a lot today. And you, <laughs> you look at it and it's like barely anything. And I think that we as women are told that we need less than we actually do. And a lot of women um, actually need a lot more food or a lot more exercise, or both, in order to have a healthy cycle. Um, so I want to take it back a little bit in case someone doesn't know. What's the importance of having a period, and why does it matter? Yeah, so essentially, if we don't have a period, it means that our entire endocrine system and reproductive system isn't functioning properly. And so when we have a period and we're ovulating and we're menstruating every month, that means that we have healthy levels of hormones like progesterone and estrogen, which are not only important for having a cycle, but they're also really important for a variety of different systems in the body, such as our cognitive and brain health, especially when we are getting older and entering the postmenopausal years along with reducing anxiety. Progesterone is a really important hormone for helping us sleep at night and feel calm and combating potential insomnia that a lot of people deal with. Along with keeping our bones strong, that's another really important function of estrogen. And so when we have low levels of these hormones and our cycle is missing, so often it's easy to be like, oh, well, my period's gone, whatever. But we have to really understand that these hormones do play so many different roles in our body. And so if there is not a period, then that means that there is hormonal imbalance going on and that affects all of the different body systems. That's really interesting. And I didn't know that um, progesterone is something that can help with sleep because that's my biggest struggle and I don't have like a regular period. So that's really 
interesting. <laughs> I'm definitely going to look into that more. Um, but if someone is struggling with amenorrhea or, um, yeah, they don't have their period, from the food side, how would you approach that? And um, how can they eat to support getting their period back or just supporting a healthy cycle in general? Yeah, so there's a couple of different things that, a couple of different places that's really important to start. The first one is to begin balancing our blood sugar. So essentially our blood sugar and our hormones are directly connected because if we're de dealing with these blood sugar fluctuations throughout the day, which can happen if you go for too long of a period without eating, or maybe you're practicing intermittent fasting and you're skipping breakfast, that can cause our blood sugar to really crash. And what happens is this crash is a big form of stress on the body. And so then our body begins to produce stress hormones. And these stress hormones always take center stage over the production of our sex hormones like progesterone and estrogen, which we were just talking about. And so when we are under these chronic stressors like imbalanced blood sugar, our body just stops producing those really important reproductive hormones. So the first place is beginning to balance blood sugar. And this often looks like eating more frequently. And so I really recommend and invite women to start really tuning into your hunger signals again. And maybe this looks like having more snacks throughout the day or eating breakfast after you wake up in the morning instead of trying to push it off until lunch. And the second component for balancing blood sugar is to start incorporating those really healthy fats and proteins into your food. And these these nutrients, these fats and proteins, they're not only important to balance blood sugar, but they also contain a lot of really important nutrients for the production of our sex hormones in general. And so I like to kind of structure my meals by ensuring that I always have something like avocado or nuts or seeds or healthy oils in these foods along with a protein source, whether that's plant-based or animal, depending on what your unique body loves. And then the second component of that is really just ensuring that you're eating a wide variety of different foods. And so I really encourage women to not be afraid of carbohydrates and fill up on all of those wonderful complex grains and starchy fruits and vegetables like squash and sweet potato and all of those things because they contain really important nutrients and we really do need the full spectrum of foods when it comes to balancing hormones and it's all about variety over deprivation. I think that definitely shows you that like a lot of the trendy diets out there are not really accurate, especially for women. Um, I know intermittent fasting is something a lot of people do. Um, I've done it in the past and it was horrible. Um, highly do not suggest it if you are a woman. And I know that like my dad can intermittent fast really easily. Um, like he skips dinner all the time, which I don't understand. But my mom, if she like does not eat, <laughs> like within seconds of her waking up, she's like a mess. Um, and it's really interesting to witness. So I think intermittent fasting is definitely not supportive of hormones if you're a female. Um, do you want to talk about that a little more and like um, the importance of eating when you wake up? 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that you say that it works for your dad because that really brings us into the conversation of cycle thinking and the difference between women's hormones and male hormones. And so men, they follow this 24 hour hormonal cycle. And so they really can get away with intermittent fasting and early morning workouts that they're doing on an empty stomach. But oftentimes women, we, we aren't able to put those types of stressors on our body without repercussions later on. And this is really because women follow a 28 day or month long hormonal cycle. And so our hormones are constantly changing depending where we are, where we are in our cycle during the month. And so if you are able to kind of tune into that, then you'll realize that there are certain parts of the month where you might be able to do a little bit more of intense or strenuous exercise, whereas in other parts, your body just really needs maybe to be completely resting for a couple of days. And so that's why I really love to tap into the power of our cycle and to really understand what movement and what foods are supportive at what times. Yeah, that's really interesting. And that's a question I had on my list for you. So since we like naturally came to this topic, we can get into it. I know that seed cycling is something a lot of people have been doing and bringing up. And before um, you get into seed cycling, I just wanted to like give a disclaimer that if someone is over-exercising or if they're not eating enough, adding in seed cycling is probably not going to magically give them a period, but I think some people do find it supportive. Um, so can you explain kind of what that is and if it works or if it's a myth? Yeah, so I'm actually a big fan of seed cycling, but I will say that in general, seeds are really nutrient dense and nourishing, whether you are doing seed cycling or not. And so I think for the person who doesn't feel like seed cycling is right for them, I just invite everyone to add these seeds into your diet as much as possible, and they don't have to be in a certain pattern. However, if you are looking for a more natural food-based approach to becoming in tune with your cycle and really learning the different cycle phases and then helping to potentially regulate your period or even bring back a missing period, then seed cycling is a nice addition on top of, on top of doing other things, as you said. So the way seed cycling works is that we have four different seeds that we're using. And we use these seeds at different times of the month to naturally balance out those hormones, progesterone and estrogen, depending at what levels we want them at what point in our cycle. So I always like to talk about seed cycling by beginning with the ovulatory phase. So after we've ovulated is when we will begin the sesame and the sunflower seeds. And with these two seeds, you're taking one tablespoon of each for every single day until you get your period. And what these seeds are going to do is that they naturally begin to raise progesterone levels in that second half of your cycle leading up to your period. And that's when we want progesterone to be highest so that we can begin to combat PMS symptoms and really encourage our period to actually come. 
And then after we've cycled with those seeds, once our period is over, the first day after um, when we enter into the first phase of our cycle, which is the follicular phase, is when we switch over to the flax and the pumpkin seeds. And what these seeds do is they're going to naturally raise and bounce out estrogen levels, which we really want to be dominant in, in this phase to encourage ovulation to occur once again. So if someone doesn't have their period yet um, and they're trying to get it back, can they still like follow this pattern and how would they do that if they don't have um, that period to know like where their levels are? Yeah, so this is when I first started seed cycling, I didn't have my period either. And it was one of those amazing tools for me that helped to bring it back. And so what I love to do when you don't have a period is to follow the moon's phases. So when you look at the moon, it actually represents our menstrual cycle because it follows that same 28-day um, rhythm every single month. And so I like to look at the full moon as the time of ovulation and the new moon as the time of menstruation. And if you actually kind of look at the energetics, when we are ovulating, we are really full of energy and full of life. And so that's really reflected in the full moon. Whereas when we're on our period, it's kind of our internal winter and time of darkness. And that's really ref reflected in the new moon energy. That's so cool. That's really interesting. So that's why some people call it like a, a moon cycle, I guess. Um, yeah, that's really awesome. So you seem like you have a really intuitive relationship with your body um, and with food especially. So can we jump into intuitive eating and your thoughts on how you do that? Yeah, my thoughts are it is a work in progress and it's something that is a constant practice and I'm still working on it every day. But I think that I really had to go through a journey of trying all the different diets and all of the different things and really reaching this breaking point where I knew that I was tired of really having fears around food and I was tired of just following the latest health trends. And so for me, the process of intuitive eating has been about letting go of what other people are saying and really tapping into my intuition. And so I think with intuitive eating, it's about beginning to listen to yourself instead of listening to, listening to other people. And for me, this meant kind of unfollowing a lot of accounts and not really listening to a lot of the health gurus who maybe I once followed. And instead, spending more time with just me and maybe that meant like less time on social media, less time of reading books, less time watching TV, and more time just with my own thoughts and with my own body. And I think that when we begin to spend more time with ourselves, completely alone with our own thoughts, and being present with ourselves, that's when we can tap into our different signals and cues and really understand what our body's kind of asking for. And so I think it is a process, and it's definitely easier said than done because when we spend time alone with ourselves, like a lot of things can come up. 
But I think that the more comfortable we can get with that, the more we're able to really tune in and listen to what our body is saying. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting um, point because I've never really heard anyone bring up spending time with yourself. Like a lot of people say don't spend time on social media, but then there's so many other things like going on. And I know I definitely sometimes feel overstimulated, but I don't, <laughs> I don't really know what to do besides like reading a book or going on social media or watching a video or something like that. So what are some activities you did that are, that allowed you, I guess, to really tune into yourself? Yeah, so for me, it's always getting into nature. That just seems to be my magic place for reconnecting with myself. And so I have rituals of going outside for a walk or even just going outside and standing barefooted on the grass and practicing grounding or maybe going into the garden or spending time just sitting at the beach and really just soaking in the beauty of nature. And that's when I find my intuition is really easily accessible. I also love to take baths and I find that to be another beautiful way to give myself that space to be alone with my own thoughts and my body. Um, and then when it comes to eating intuitively, I think that it's all about being intentional and present with your food and removing different distractions. Because if we're constantly eating in front of the TV or while we're on social media, then we're not really being present with our body and it's hard to tap into those hunger and full signals and hard to even know what our body is enjoying or craving. And so I do just think it's, it's not even about adding things in when it comes to intuition. It's really about making space and taking things away so that we can begin to hear all of the different messages that are coming from inside of us. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of people, um, eat with something in front of them distracting them uh and for me i've noticed that it's in part because um i get bored or whatever but also it's it's kind of using food as a way to zone out because a lot of us don't give ourselves like space to relax beyond giving ourselves an eating break um and so i think when you make space to decompress and like be with yourself outside of the times you're eating, you'll find it a lot easier to eat without distraction, or at least for me, that's what I've found helps a lot. I really relate to that. Yes, um, I have dealt with a lot of feelings of overworking and kind of guilt around relaxing in the last couple of years, especially. So I totally, I totally agree with you. When we do create space to just relax and enjoy ourselves, outside of eating breaks, it makes eating a lot of a much more of an easier process. Um, so yeah, I completely agree. And then I also agree with the fact that it can be really hard to just eat by yourself. And I mean, I'm not gonna lie, there are definitely still days where I eat in front of the TV and while watching a movie, but I think it's just about doing your best and trying to integrate that. And the more that you practice it, the more you'll begin to appreciate just being alone with your food. Yeah, and I think that for me, if I do choose to watch a show or watch a video or something like that while I'm eating, 
first, I try to never scroll on social media while I'm eating because I think that's just really, it's really difficult to concentrate on both things. Um, but if you do choose to do a show or something like that, just taking a moment before the show starts to like tune into your hunger and how you're feeling um, and also stopping like in the middle and making sure that you're not completely zoning out on the show and forgetting the fact that you're eating um, and just kind of doing both and giving space for both, I think can be a great first step if someone doesn't want to completely next to TV eating because it's pretty fun. Um, so moving on from intuitive eating, you mentioned movement before and over-exercising. Um, do you follow like intuitive movement? I know that's a new thing that's come up and also uh, what are the ways that we can move without stressing our body out so much? Yeah, so when I was in the period where I lost my cycle completely, I was really focusing more on high intensity stuff. And that was a part of my life where I had a really regimented gym routine and I was doing a lot of weight training and high intensity interval training and running and all of these things that unfortunately were just way too much for my body. And so when I went and made the intention to really try to get my period back, I had to basically cut most of that exercise out completely. And so that was a time in my life when I really focused on just slower, lower intensity movement, especially walking and the occasional yoga class and stretching. And those things really helped to soothe my nervous system and rebalance my body and really reduce a lot of that stress that was really building up inside of me. Nowadays, my movement, I would say, is loosely synced with my cycle. I, Because I love to be connected to my cycle and my cyclical rhythm, I can kind of notice the shifts in my energy and the types of movement that I'm craving throughout the month, depending what phase I'm in. But for the most part, I personally do prefer to stick to more lower intensity movement. I still love to go for long walks. I think that's one of the best exercise forms of movement that we can do. Um, and I also, I do love to do more of body weight training and things like yoga and Pilates. And I really like Melissa Wood Health. I'm sure you've heard of her. I love her movements because they're really effective, but also still very soothing and supportive on the body. Um, and yeah, I think when we begin to tune into our cycle, we notice that, especially around your premenstrual phase and when you're on your period, your energy is naturally going to be lower. And so that's okay if you don't want to move as much on those days. And then when you're around that ovulation time, you probably will notice that you have more energy. And so maybe if you do want to go for a run at that point, then go for it. I think it's really just about listening to your body and like tuning into that. And I think another thing I like to say is that we're also different. And so some people can get away with a lot more exercise than others. Um, for me in particular, I'm just, my body is very sensitive to that stuff. And so I just have to honor that and not compare my own personal needs to someone else. Yeah, for sure. I think some people um, can get away with a lot of movement and it's probably genetics, um, and also just eating enough to support your actual movement. 
Um, so as a runner, I just want to tell any other fellow runners that you don't have to run at a high intensity all the time. Um, you can run at a much slower pace and giving yourself that time to recover. Uh, and I've heard of people like uh, sinking their running to their cycle um, and doing more intense workouts in certain periods. So there's definitely a way to fit this into any type of lifestyle. But I think it is really important to tune into your body. And if you're not feeling it, don't overly push yourself to go do something um, for sure. So as we're closing up at the end of this podcast here, what would you say uh, your top three tips would be for someone who wants to start aligning with their cycle and living a more intuitive lifestyle? Mm, that's, yeah, that's beautiful. So I think my first tip would just be to spend a little bit of time educating yourself about the different cycle phases. And so I'll just briefly share them here just for anyone who does want to start on this journey. So essentially our menstrual cycle, it's not just the time that we're on our period. It's actually this continuous process that happens all month long. And I like to look at our menstrual cycle as a reflection of the seasons of nature. So just like there are four different seasons, we actually have those seasons within our own body. And so I like to start in the beginning of our cycle, which I consider the day after your period ends. And I call this the first phase and it is the follicular phase. And this is kind of the time that embodies spring. So you really feel that your hormones, which were naturally low when you were on your cycle, are beginning to build and you feel like you're just freshly waking up after this dark winter hibernation. And then when we enter our ovulatory phase, which is the time when we're actually ovulating, this is resemblance of our inner summer. And this is when our hormones are peaking at their highest concentrations. And so we have the most energy during this time and we feel the most creative and social and ready to go out and speak with people and just really put ourselves out into the world. Then we enter into the luteal phase, which is that premenstrual phase and those one to two weeks leading up to our period. And this is our inner fall. And so this is a time when our hormones are beginning to decline in concentration. And we really feel like starting to wrap projects up and complete things and our energy levels are starting to decline. So this is a beautiful time to start to release and let things go that no longer serve you. And then we went into when enter into the winter season, which is when our period actually begins. And so that has the same energy of winter where you really just want to rest and hibernate and take care of your body. And so I think that it's a beautiful place to start with cycle thinking is just to really understand that there are four different phases and then begin to notice these shifts and pay attention and even starting a period journal could be a really fun way to start to just see the different emotional and physical changes that you go through every single month. My second tip would be to learn about the different foods that are supportive for your cycle in these different phases. 
And so the way that I love to look at that is again, going back to the seasons. And so when you're in your follicular phase, asking yourself, what foods would I naturally gravitate towards in spring? And the same for your ovulatory phase in summer and your luteal phase in fall and your menstrual phase in winter. And so really coming back to those seasons is a beautiful way to just kind of understand your different phases of your body. And then the third thing I would say is just allowing more space in your life. And so creating space every single day to tune into yourself and really just get back into your body and listening to how your body feels and what your body is saying, because I believe that we hold all of the wisdom and all of our answers within our body. And it's really just about giving us that space to tune in and listen. Yeah, I really love that. That's, it's a really beautiful approach to life, I think. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of times we as women are like, we kind of feel ashamed when we might not have energy one day, or we might be confused when we have a ton of energy for a certain period and we want to go out and like, maybe it's not possible. So I think that once you educate yourself on that and you kind of know that that's your natural body rhythm it gives yourself space to have a lot more like grace with yourself and not be judgmental of um how you might be in one period of the month versus the other because um it's just like a flow so i really like that so i know that you just launched an ebook which is really awesome and you have a lot of great advice on your social media so can you tell us where we can find you um and give a little information about that ebook? Yeah, so um, I am mainly over on Instagram at Holistically Hannah, and Holistically is spelt with a W at the beginning. And then I have an ebook called The Holistic Cycle Guide, and that ebook really dives into everything that we talked about in our conversation today. So it talks about our endocrine system and our female hormones and really explains those hormonal shifts in our body. And then I really dive deep into the root pillars of hormonal imbalance and how we can support them through diet and lifestyle practices. And then I talk about the different seasons of your cycle and I go really deep into the emotional and energetic and hormonal shifts that are taking place. Um, and in that ebook, I provide nutrient and food lists for each cycle phase along with movements that are going to be supportive and self-care practices and journal prompts so that you can really tune in to each phase and begin to understand your body. Um, and then I also talk about herbs for the cycle and supplements for the cycle and the different types of PMS and how to support those along with how to connect to the moon phases to bring back your period if you don't have a bleed currently, along with how to use your menstrual blood as a free hormone test and really connect with that as well. That's so interesting. And I think that sounds like an amazing resource. So I would definitely recommend checking it out. Um, I'm definitely going to get that ebook after we hop off the call. But thank you so much for coming. I know everyone's going to love this episode. I will leave all of your information linked down below. And yeah, I'm really excited for everyone to start really tuning into their body um, and living this 
intuitive lifestyle. I think it's really great. Thanks so much, love. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the On My Own podcast. I hope this episode was helpful for you. If you did enjoy this episode, please make sure to leave a rating and a review on the iTunes app. It really helps the podcast grow. It helps us get recommended so that we can get more guests on the podcast. If you have any specific episode requests or if you have guest requests, Or even if you would like to be on the podcast yourself and you have an interesting story you'd like to share, please DM me at the On My Own Podcast Instagram page, which is at On My Own Pod. If you'd like to follow Sasha's Plate, my personal health and wellness Instagram, you can do that at sashas.plate. And for blog posts and for the show notes of this episode in more detail, go to Simply Sasha, S-I-M-P-L-Y, S-A-C-I-A dot com where you can find blog posts, recipes, and all the episode show notes. Thank you guys again so much for watching and I will be in your ears next episode.